0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dominic Shiroski. And we had football last night. Before we start, um, before we start, I want to say I was I was I'm excited to talk football, so I was just about to jump in. But before we start, um Obviously, have to say uh, never forget uh, what happened uh, here in America on this day uh, with it being nine eleven. You know, just want to quickly acknowledge that and say uh, thoughts and prayers to you know the people who might have lost family members or friends um on that day i know this is always a tough day for not just the individuals who were directly affected but everyone you know i i was only what four when it happened so i can't really speak to um it affecting me personally but uh, I know that this is always a odd time and an odd uh, day for those who were really able to comprehend and live through that. So uh, I do want to say that uh, thoughts and prayers to everyone that was affected. Um, rest in peace to the lives that were lost that day. And uh, yeah. Sad day, sad day, but not going to stay down, not going to have this be a sad pod. Like I said, I'm excited to get into football, man. So that's exactly what we're going to do. There was football played last night. There was football played last night and not college football, not some intramural league, not, not, not some Joe's. No, 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 no. The NFL played football last night. The Kansas City Chiefs took on the Houston Texans. And I got to say, just so just from a watching experience, you know, that was one of the things that I feel like a lot of people probably were thinking about was like, how is this going to look with, you know, uh, no fans in the stands or things like that? Which the Chiefs did have uh, fans in the stands. Uh, they had about 17,000 fans uh, that were distanced out of throughout the stadium we're going to get to those fans in just a little bit because there was something that happened before the game that i want to talk about um so we're going to get to those fans in just a little bit but we're going to talk about the game first so first things first this chiefs team looks just as good as we all expected them to But the scary thing is their offense has another dynamic to it with this kid, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Hilaire, Hilaire, sorry. The H is silent. (laughs) Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, I said this when he was drafted, that he wasn't the best running back selected and he probably wasn't the best running back in the draft, but he was my favorite. Last night, he showed why. Um, you are now giving Andy Reid this type of back. Clyde edwards lair had 25 carries for 138 yards um, and one touchdown, which was the most uh, for a... I believe, for a, a running back debut on a Super Bowl uh, champ. So it's just like Kansas City has so many ways to beat you, man. And obviously, Kansas City won the game last night, 24, or I'm sorry, 34 to 20. Um, it actually wasn't that close. What? So I'm so frazzled. I don't even know where to begin. I'm just happy that football was here, man. Yeah. Um, Basically, game started off a little slow. You know, both teams started off kind of as a d- defensive matchup. The Texans' defense started the game well. But then Kansas City just kind of turned into Kansas City. But Houston actually came out, got into a lead. Um, forced, uh, you know, forced Kansas City to get off the field. Wasn't really letting Kansas City get too much into a rhythm. And they actually went, scored a touchdown, took a 7-0 lead. And you're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe Houston's maybe Houston's got something, you know, in the bag for us. Deshaun Watson, he got paid. Patrick Mahomes, he got paid. It was actually a really cool moment. There's one point in the game where Deshaun Watson uh was scrambling and ran out of bounds. And on his way out of bounds uh, literally ended up sitting right next to Patrick Mahomes on the bench. And they kind of had a little cool moment and it was kind of funny just looking at those two and just like, Hey, those two, like those two guys right there are worth almost a billion dollars combined. <laughs> like it was just really crazy to see like those two together and just being like, damn, it's a lot of money right there <laughs> between those two. But uh, Houston, Houston, Came out, and I guess the big takeaway is that Houston has some growing to do. Um, That offensive line is still bad in Houston. Deshaun Watson was under duress the entire night. Um, It just never looked like he could really get comfortable. It looked like he was throwing from awkward platforms and awkward angles the entire night because Chris Jones and that Kansas City front seven were getting after it they were i mean they were sending zero yeah like they were sending zero coverage blitz Deshaun Watson had a very very long night the Texans took a 7 nothing lead and then Kansas City just went on a like a 24 to nothing um run where they just yeah like just really the game got out of hand very quickly um kansas city ended up going up uh like 30 i think they were up 31 to 7 at some point in the game and then at the end of the game uh you know the texans kind of started to you know make a little bit of noise make it respectable get it closer um but the game wasn't that close i was gonna say the game wasn't that close houston got blown out um I mean, even the odds and, like, when people who bet on these games and stuff like that, like, the odds makers kind of felt that way, too. Like, I think the odds makers had the Houston Texans at um, plus 9.5. So, that, like, that was the spread. It was, like, they, yeah, like, so it was it was expected that Kansas City would win um, and win big. But this Kansas City Chiefs team, it's insane to me because the chiefs found a way the chiefs did something that you don't really see happen in the nfl a lot what typically happens after a team wins a super bowl is that you win a super bowl and then the team breaks up because everyone wants to go get paid um or we have to pay one guy an exorbitant amount of money and because of that we have to cut some people, right? Like that's usually that's usually the downfall of Super Bowl teams and that's why it's so hard to repeat is because once you win a Super Bowl, you as a player are vindicated and you can basically ask for whatever the hell you want and it's really hard for a team to say no to you because you have that Super Bowl allure on you, right? The Kansas City Chiefs somehow some way figured out how to bring everyone back i think they return what was it like 18 of their 22 starters um are returning from last year they get patrick mahomes locked in they get chris jones locked in you know travis kelsey got locked in it's just it's it's insane to see how this team is able to operate and they look like I and yes, it's one game. But listen, man, they look poised and ready to make another run like they they look like they're ready to go back to back. Um, I like I said, the addition of Clyde Edwards, alaire is just different. It, it gives them something different out of the backfield. No disrespect to Damian Williams, who was phenomenal in his own right last year in the playoffs and very well could have been the Super Bowl MVP. You could have made the case for that. But Clyde is just different, you know, like you, you kind of saw why he was getting some of the Brian Westbrook um, comparisons coming out of college and why Andy Reid liked him so much. Clyde just, he runs the ball well. And that's, like I said, that was the reason why I like, I love this kid coming out of LSU. I saw him and I was like, he just runs the right way, never gives up on a play. He's elusive. He can cut. He's not the fastest guy, but he's 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 got a good burst he's not afraid like he just runs the right way like I just love the way he competes um and he gashed the Texans like I said to the tune of 138 yards on 25 carries an average of five and a half yards per carry one touchdown they couldn't get him in on the goal line which kind of upset me because yes I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire in one of my fantasy leagues And I would have liked to have gotten a couple more touchdowns out of him because there were about two, there were about two times when the Kansas City Chiefs were in a goal line situation and the Texans defensive front just blew up the Chiefs offensive line, didn't let them get any type of traction. So, but yeah, that, that Chiefs team, man. And it was funny. It was funny watching them run the ball as much as they did, because you look at Kansas City and you think of them as this big air it out team there wasn't even a lot of big plays like Patrick Mahomes had an incredible game in his own right I believe he was like 24 of 32 uh only yeah only eight incompletions uh threw for three touchdowns but he only threw for 211 yards right so like they weren't really airing it out um and I think they have found like I said just with the addition of Clyde it adds another dimension and it allows them I spoke about I, I spoke about this on Tuesday and I was talking about the Bucks and how the Bucks are kind of doing what the Patriots have done. The Chiefs are doing it as well where they have enough talent and they have the right personnel involved and in that <clears throat> excuse me, they have the personnel where they can beat you any way that they need to right? Like you want to get into a shootout with us <laughs> by all means, go ahead. If Clyde keeps running like this, and that offensive line keeps opening up holes for him. Yeah. You want us to ground and pound you fine. We'll do that. You want us to play the dink and dunk game? Yeah, cool. We'll just dink and dunk to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman and Sammy Watkins all game. It's fine by me. Um, and like I said, I think that chiefs defense doesn't get enough credit. Um, that Chiefs defense has some really good players there. Um but yeah, Kansas City man, they look they look serious. For Houston, um you know, it's a rough start. It's a rough it's a rough open, but you can't let it, you can't read too much into it. What I will say for Houston is that David Johnson looked good last night. And that's huge. I think that's the biggest positive that you can take away from Houston last night is that David Johnson looked good. and if David Johnson can play the way he did two, three years ago, that trade of DeAndre Hopkins doesn't look as bad. <laughs> um, if David Johnson can come out here and play the way that he did a couple years ago, that's that's huge for Houston. Like I said, so you have to, if you're the Texans, yeah, you lost. Yeah, it sucks to start the season off with a loss, but you got to, you have to be a little encouraged seeing that, okay, David looks good. Um, Duke Johnson ran the ball pretty well too. Like they, they've got two really good running backs there. Um, I do still think that they need to just get the, they got to get that offensive line situation fixed like Deshaun Watson you give him time especially with the receivers he has now um DeAndre Hopkins was never a speed guy um you have Brandon Cooks there now and I'm not saying Brandon Cooks is a better receiver than DeAndre Hopkins please don't try and do that to me um but with Brandon Cooks there you have Brandon Cooks on one side and Will Fuller and both of those guys are burners right both of those guys are two players who you can just say hey Get behind the defense. Just run. Just, no, don't even, like, just streaks. Do it. Get behind the defense because they have that type of speed. Um, And I think that'll be fun to watch. And if they can tweak it and they can get that offensive line together to give Deshaun Watson time to uh, really exploit that and use those guys' speed, you'll see this Houston Texans team uh, turn it around. Uh, but like I said, they, they just played a really good team. <laughs> the Chiefs, they're the champs, right? Like They're the champs for a reason. Ran into a really good team. They have to get that offensive line fixed, though. They have to get that offensive line fixed. Um, but great game, man. I'm happy football is back. Really happy football is back. It, it's it, it was crazy, the whole lead-up to it. Like I said, getting in there just with everything that was going on. Turning on the TV and like, yeah, no, like this is week one was made me feel like a kid. Now, before we move on, because I did speak. And I alluded to something that happened before the game. So there were fans in the stadium, 17,000 to be exact. And in a moment before the game started, now I want to make this very clear This wasn't during the National Anthem. This wasn't during some sort of flag ceremony. This wasn't anything, right? All this was was a moment of unity. Before the game, before the National Anthem, before anything, nothing else was going on at the moment. The Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans players all came to the center of the field and joined arms. Right. They locked arms in a moment of unity and sat there and had a moment of silence for justice, for racial tension, for, um, you know, all that, everything that's going on in our country right now. They had a moment of unity to say, hey, you know, it takes all of us. We're taking a stand against this. And do you know what the Kansas City Chiefs fans did? You guessed it. They booed them. Booed. hellaciously, Booed. And... That right there should show you... It was never about the flag for them. You have... Like, how do you boo that? How do you boo a moment of unity? How do you boo players coming together... And joining arms and saying, hey, we stand against racism. The only people that that would bother are racists. So this just goes to show you this was never about the flag. This was never about politics. This It was never about any of that stuff, right? It was never about disrespecting our men and women in the military and whatnot. When Cap took his knee, all of that. It was never about that. This was simply about racist assholes going out there and saying, "Hey, shut up, boy, and play some football for me." And those Chiefs fan last night, and those Chiefs fans, I'm sorry, last night showed exactly that. It was disgusting, absolutely disgusting. But hey, that is the world we live in. Um, but we are working to change it. So. <sighs> Who the hell boos like like what what like how do you boo that again? How do you as a sane individual boo that? You're not. You're racist. That's why. That's that's the only reason why that moment bothers you. That's the only reason. Because the national anthem wasn't on, so you can't be like, oh, they're over here disrespect. They're disrespecting their flag. No, it's not. It's not what's going on but then what's funny is you booed those players but then when travis kelsey travis kelsey scored a touchdown you all were hooping and hollering so do you hate me or not what is it (laughs) are you mad at me or what what's what's going on (sighs) crazy times we live in um two things before actually there's two other things that happened as far as the nfl the miami dolphins put out a amazing video um the players came together for the miami dolphins and basically laid out a video that said you know hey nfl um we're tired of the lip service we're tired of the faux activism we're tired of the uh You know, dog and pony show that you guys do, where you try and act like you stand against racism, where you try and act like you stand against social injustice, and that you stand against uh, the racial injustices that happen in this country. But then you really—it's all just lip service. Like the, the the Dolphins came out and really like stuck it to the NFL, and then basically let us all know that we will not be coming out for any games this season when the national anthem is on. So the Dolphins basically said, "Hey, you guys can play the national anthem. We'll be in the locker room every game this season. We're not going out there, we're not going to stand for your flag, we're not going to sing your song, none of that." And I really appreciate that. I I have to give kudos to the Dolphins. That is a huge statement the video is incredible. Um, and I just, I love seeing, I love seeing these men understand their platform and understanding the power that they have, the power that their voices have, that their decisions have. Um, so I give a ton of credit, ton of credit to the Miami dolphins, you know, and everything that, and it's funny, everything that they were talking about, like it was shown last night, Like the Dolphins put out that video and this is exactly like the Chiefs booed last night during a moment of unity. And it's like, this is exactly what we're talking about. This is the type of stuff that we're talking about. So NFL, cut the cute stuff. Are you riding with it or not? Because we're tired of the lip service. We're tired of doing the bare minimum or we're tired of you all doing stuff just for good publicity. If you're going to be with us, be with us. So I appreciated that. One more thing, NFL related, before we move on to the NBA playoffs. Um, you know, uh, Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is a reporter. You know, Porter, analyst, journalist, works for Fox. And for the majority, majority of the time, people like him because he's kind of a troll. Always says some outlandish stuff about LeBron. Always kind of has some contrarian view of the way things go. Uh, But for the most part is well liked. People think he's funny. People think he's cool um skip bayless said some really disgusting things about dak prescott on his show um oh my goodness why am i blanking on the name of his show right now the show that he has with shannon sharp i don't know oh my gosh what is the name (laughs) okay well the name of the show is irrelevant but undisputed. There we go. Sorry. Um, Dak Prescott came out and basically said that he was suffering from depression and that he was being mentally taxed. Um, And that his mental, like, that his mental health, that his mental state was in shambles because of the recent death of his brother, Jace. And then the isolation from quarantine and all of that was affecting him and that mentally, like, it it really took a toll on him and that he was legitimately depressed. And, like, he was speaking out and he was being open, which is a very brave thing to do, especially, so for men especially men kind of get this stigma that we're supposed to be tough and macho and that we're not supposed to break. Um, So it takes a lot of courage to go out there and say, I broke, right? To say, I'm not doing well, that this was affecting me and that like I'm dealing with depression. That's a huge thing for someone to admit. And Skip Bayless... basically and i'm not i'm paraphrasing but basically uh called Dak prescott weak and said that this was yeah basically said like oh this is weak i don't want to hear this toughen up you know all of that nonsense bs and i i want to make this statement very clear um depression is not a sign of weakness um mental health is not something like some you you don't mental health is not something to be toyed with or mental health is not something where someone comes to you and tells you that their their mental state is in shambles it's not something where you just simply say ah toughen up right it's not a cut on your knee it's not a bruise it's it's real it's life altering And for Skip Bayless to basically come out here and call Dak Prescott weak because he's suffering from depression because his brother just died, I mean, Skip. I mean, Skip, you're a Cowboys fan. How the hell can like the human aspect of it of just like maybe not being an asshole to somebody who just lost a family member? but also like you're a fan of the Cowboys dude like why the hell would you even talk about your quarterback like that and it was it was disgusting it was misguided it was ignorant um it was hurtful you know when people speak up about these type of things you have to listen and you have to take it seriously i don't understand how yeah, like I don't understand how someone tells you that they're suffering from depression and you make them the bad guy. You make them appear to be weak. You make them like you try and paint them as lesser than or you try and paint them as the problem. So it was just a really uh disgusting showing and I'm happy cuz Shannon Sharp checked Skip Bayless immediately on the show, which I do appreciate. You know, these guys are like, yeah, they're athletes and yeah, they're on TV and we see them all the time and they're celebrities and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, we are all human and we all deal with the exact same things. The exact same things. So like I said, I hope that Dak is doing well um i hope that he is dealing with everything um that he's in a better state than he was before again i want to thank him for speaking up and saying what he did uh and letting us know what he had going on because he didn't have to you know that's a luxury that we feel like we're entitled to know everything about all of these celebrities and that's just the entitlement of the american public we don't deserve to know any of this stuff it's none of our business. So for Dak to come out and share that in a showing of strength and showing that hey, it's okay to talk about this type of stuff. It's okay if you're going through it because everyone goes through it and that, you know, you should talk to somebody and you know, it's 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 not something that's going to beat you. It doesn't make you weird, it doesn't make you different. It's part of life, you know. But bringing awareness to it. I want to give him a ton of thanks. Uh, Fox. I expect Skip Bayless to be suspended or something like there has to be some sort of repercussion. You can't just let him talk like that. That's it's extremely disrespectful. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. This is the exact type of talk that. Sends people who are depressed into an even. More inward spiral where they're afraid to speak out because people like Skip Bayless are going to ridicule them or call them weak when that's not the case at all so i just wanted to speak on that real quick um because i thought like i said that it was just disgusting comments on skip bayless's uh part and it has no place in journalism it has no place in society quite honestly but moving on to basketball Rockets and Lakers. So <clears throat> I said this months ago that the Rockets are not real contenders. Um now I said this even before they went and r- truly went and tripled down on this downsized form of basketball where we're where yeah, like we're not gonna play with a center and all this other stuff. Listen, Mike Dantoni's system does not win championships it doesn't point blank period. Okay. I don't understand why Mike D'Antoni keeps getting regarded as one of the great coaches in the league. He's not, he refuses to change. He refuses. it. Like you're running a system. You, like Mike D'Antoni has literally been trying to run the exact same system for like the past 30 years. And he's never even made a finals with it. You would think after some point in time, you would tweak it. You would think you would go back to the drawing board and say, hmm, maybe we should try something else because for the past 30 years, this hasn't worked. So I knew the Rockets weren't real contenders. Everyone else was all oh, the small ball and they shoot all the threes and it's fun and it's exciting and the, the players love it and you got Russell and you got James and all, oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. That's cool and all. Who's stopping Anthony Davis? That's that's exactly what I said at the beginning of this series. Who's stopping Anthony Davis? Nobody. And that's why the Rockets find themselves down 3-1 after last night. Um That was another one where it was a butt whooping for the majority of that game. Now, I will say, the Lakers tried to find a way to throw that game at the end. Uh I don't know what like it it I don't know what happened. They just stopped executing, just stopped playing smart basketball, right? Um, so they tried, they tried to make it interesting at the end. Rockets tried to rally, but, um, Lakers were able to pull it out in a one hundred, one ten 110 to 100 win. And, you know, it, it, this series is over. Like I said, and I said this at the beginning, I said Lakers in five, this Rockets team. Yeah. They're fun to watch, but this style of play does not win championships. It doesn't plain and simple never has never will like i i understand positionless basketball and all this other stuff but you don't have a run protector you don't have someone like you you can't you can't just have this many disadvantages right Right. like now granted the rockets have been playing really good defense in the in the bubble and in the playoffs but that wasn't something that they were doing in the regular season before we had the hiatus right like, they were just a team where it's like, yeah, we're just going to outscore you. Like, we're not really going to focus too much on defense. We're going to shoot a ton of threes. We're going to have Russell driving to the basket. Uh, Yeah, we're going to get beat on the rebound. It, like, we're going to get killed on the boards. But we're going to shoot threes. We're going to make more threes. And that'll alleviate um the other disadvantages that we're going to have. And that's just not the case, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's not. And we're seeing it. They have no answer for LeBron James. They have no answer for Anthony Davis. Rajon Rondo is doing exactly what he usually does in the playoffs, which is plays out of his mind. Um, and I expect the Lakers to close this one out tomorrow. Uh, this Rockets team, they were just never, they, and like I guess I said it last night, I've been saying this for months, they were never real contenders. Never. Even when they got Russell Westbrook, one of the things that I said, I was like, all right, cool. You have two superstars who one of their biggest traits and one of their most known attributes is that they both choke in the playoffs. So woo, congrats. Doesn't mean anything. You're not you're not contending. You weren't like, they just never were contenders to me in my eyes. And it's starting to unfold now as we see them getting waxed by the lakers night after night but lakers took a 3-1 lead that series looks like it is just about over uh the clippers who have a 3-1 lead play against the nuggets tonight at 6 30 i believe um and it looks like they're probably gonna close this game out too this series out i will say there was some very interesting comments made by michael porter jr The other day. Um, After the. After the Nuggets lost. I believe. uh, Game 4. Michael Porter Jr. Was. Upset. Because Michael Porter Jr. I will say has played well in this series. But. He. Didn't really get the ball. In the second half of game 4. And. I'll just, I'll, I'll let his comments be made and then I will speak on this. You had 15 points in the first half uh, and I don't think you scored in the second half. Did they do something differently or, or what did you see in that second half? No, I didn't. I didn't touch the ball. They didn't do anything differently. I mean, that's really up to the play calls. It's really up to the coaches who they want to put the, put the ball in whose hand. Um, we kept going uh, to Yoke and ma. um, And that's, you know, I think that's, they're they're two amazing players. You can never get mad at that. But I just think uh, to beat that team, we got to get more players involved. We got to move the ball a little bit better. Um, We can't be predictable against that team. Okay. Okay. So here's what I will say. I agree with everything Michael Porter Jr. said. I agree. I think that the points that he made are valid. I believe that in this series and in in the last series the Nuggets have shown a little bit of a tendency when their backs are against the wall to go one to be one dimensional. What I mean by that is when the Nuggets feel like the pressure is on they stop playing that fluid basketball and they stop getting everyone involved and it strictly becomes the Jokic and Murray show. And that worked against a team like Utah It's not going to work against a team like the Clippers. They are too deep. They are too talented. They are too good defensively. It's not going to work. They're well coached. You're not going to beat the Clippers with just two players. This is my main critique against the Lakers and why I don't think the Lakers will beat the Clippers. You're not going to beat the Clippers with just two players. You need to have everyone involved. Everyone involved hitting on all cylinders. Michael Porter Jr. has played well in the playoffs, in the bubble, in this series. He had 16 points in the first half and then didn't touch the ball in the second half. And he said it. It wasn't like they made any defensive adjustments against me. I just didn't get the ball because we sh- we strictly started going to Jokic and Murray. And like he said, those two are great players. But when you simply sit back and say, okay, hey, you two, win us this game, that works every once in a while. And sometimes you are going to have to do that, right? Like there are some situations where you simply are going to just have to be like, hey, y'all got to take us to the promised land. It's on y'all. That can't be your philosophy for an entire series, right? This was... This was one of the big reasons why the Bulls back in the day moved on from Doug Collins as head coach. It was because Doug Collins was a good head coach, but the reason why the Bulls never won a championship with Doug Collins was because Doug Collins' philosophy was always give Michael the ball and everyone get the hell out of the way. And yeah, that's fun. You'll win a lot of games doing that, but you're not going to win championships doing that. It takes more than one player. It takes the entire team. So like I said, I agree with everything Michael Porter Jr. said. And I think he has earned the right to get some more touches. I think Michael Porter Jr. is the third best player on this team. I think he has the potential to be the best player on this team. However, that is not how you go about doing this. Michael Porter Jr., you, for all intents and purposes, are still a rookie. You are a young pup. You do not have the right nor the cachet to openly criticize your coaches and your team. Especially not publicly. You have to earn your stripes. Okay? When LeBron James comes out and he makes statements like that, we listen. Why? Because he's LeBron James, he's won three championships been denied finals he's going to go down to some as the greatest player of all time for me probably will end up being the second greatest player ever to ever play the game of basketball guys like him guys who've earned their stripes who have put in the work can speak on things like this and they can speak on it publicly you michael porter jr being in your second year, really this being your rookie year because you missed the majority of your rookie year by when they were sitting you out. You cannot make statements like this in the public. It fractures a lock, it fractures a locker room. It seeds distrust. And also, it just gives your head coach and your team something else to worry about. Because now guess what? All they have to hear about right now is oh, did you guys hear what Michael Porter Jr. said? What do you think about this? Do you think he's right? What do you think he said? What do you say? Coach, what do you feel about? That's what they got to deal with. Instead of, hey, we're down 3-1 in this series and tonight's an elimination game. Instead of being able to solely focus on, hey, we got to get our stuff together if we don't want to go home. Now we got to deal with, oh, well, what do you think about Michael Porter Jr.'s comments? It's not the right move. Like I said, I agree. And like I said, he's right in what he said but there's a time and a place and you also have not earned your stripes to do this type of to make these type of statements and damn sure haven't earned your stripes to make these type of statements publicly so it's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out um i feel like the clippers in this i feel yeah i feel like the clippers close this series out man i think Kawhi is starting to smell blood in the water he knows how close they are I think Kawhi is he's ready for that Lakers series I, Kawhi, I feel like Kawhi is just chomping at the bit to hurry up and get to the Western Conference Finals so that way he can beat the Lakers I think he wants he wants that moment right Kawhi wants that moment of beating LeBron again and taking the crown from him and letting him know hey your time is passed It's going to be so amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just blanked off thinking about that whole thing. Like, it's it's going to be so amazing. I can't wait for, the, for that Western Conference final series. Now, in the Eastern Conference, we have a Game 7. And boy, oh boy, the Boston Celtics have to be kicking themselves. So, and that just shows you how quickly a series can change. Boston looked like they were in complete control, up 2-0, looking like they were about to go up 3-0. And then because of one defensive lapse, you find yourself in a Game 7. A defensive lapse in Game 3 where you all somehow, someway, let OG and Numboy get a wide-open 3 in the corner with half a second left to win the game. You lose game three and a heartbreaker. You lose game two. Now the series is tied up. You come back, you win game five in big fashion, right? Had on your big boy pants that day. Absolutely whooped the Raptors in game five. Game six, you got a chance to close it out. And game six was phenomenal. Game six, double overtime, close game all the way through. Bodies flying on the floor. Guys, it's getting chippy. Big shots being taken. All of that stuff. But somehow, some way, the Raptors find a way to win. And now, you the Celtics find yourself in a situation where you're playing a game seven against the defending champs. They've been here before. The difference between the Raptors and the Celtics is that the Raptors won the game seven. The Celtics team, they haven't. It. It's going to be really, really, really crazy tonight. This game is going to be high energy. It's going to be scrappy. I expect there to be some texts handed out because I think guys are going to, re- like, it, emotions are going to be high. It's going to be a great game. I, I don't know who's going to win. I honestly don't. I I've said I said earlier I'm gonna stick actually you know what I'm gonna stick with my conviction I'm gonna stick with my pick of Boston I thought from the beginning that the Boston Celtics were too talented uh, that they would just be a little overwhelming for the Raptors and that because the Raptors didn't have that go to guy like Kawhi anymore that their chances were done. I was wrong. This team has played well. This team has impressed me and has proven me wrong all year. I didn't think that they would be as good as they were during the regular season. I didn't think that they would play this well in the playoffs. I didn't think Kyle Lowry would show up the way that he has. This team is legitimate. Nick Nurse is a great coach, and he coaches them very well. You have a ton of guys on this team who just want it, right? Yeah, You just have a ton of guys on this team who are experienced and just... The moment is never too big for them. They don't back down. They never feel like they're out of a fight. Um, it's gonna be interesting. This is a this is a big moment. This is a big moment. It's gonna be great. It's it's gonna be a crazy game. The Celtics, the Celtics can do a lot of growing up right now if they win this game. You win this game. That's a big step forward for the Celtics. You win this game. You win this series. I think that gives. I think this series will mature the Celtics a lot, especially if they win. But tonight is going to be crazy. It's going to be wild, and I personally can't wait to watch it. Like I said, I'm going to stick with my my pick of the Celtics. I because the Celtics, in their own right, there they got a great head coach over there, and Brad Stevens. I think he's. Behind Greg Popovich, I think he's the best head coach in the league. We'll see, man. We'll see. That game is... That game is going to be insane. I think the Celtics pull it out, though. I think... Jason Tatum... Who has had some quiet nights in this series and hasn't played his best this series. I think he... He digs in and he finds his his uh you know Kobe was Tatum's mentor and Kobe lo- and Tatum loved Kobe. I think he he finds his inner Mamba and he he goes there tonight. I think he goes to that place that only a few guys can go and just wills their team to win. I think Tatum goes there tonight. Uh, so I will give this. I, I'm 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 gonna say the Celtics win. Uh, if they lose, I will be here on Tuesday to eat the crow. <laughs> so I understand. Um, that's, oh man, that game seven. That game six was incredible. Like I said, double overtime. It was just, you could see how frantic everyone was in game six. And that's only going to lead over in game seven. We got a great game lined up tonight, man. I'm excited. Um, Last thing before we get out of here, though because we're, what, almost at the 50-minute mark. I have to ask myself this. Am I bad luck? Because, you know, I feel like every time I've shown love or shouted out a player or a team, immediately after, they do horribly or they lose. Like, I feel like I'm bad luck at this point, right? So I shouted out Serena Williams on the last podcast serena williams loses to azarenka which is the first time in like 11 matches that serena has lost to her right so azarenka moves on to the final. she's gonna take on naomi osaka i believe naomi osaka will take care of her but i shout out serena williams she loses and i'm like damn because then i was like thinking and i was like well, I gave the Chicago Sky a shout out on here. I gave the Chicago Sky a shout out on uh, in the clutch with Nia and Malik when I was on their show. I gave them a shout out, and like ever since I've given them a shout out, the Chicago Sky have lost like four in a row. They've lost six of their past seven games. They're barely making it into the playoffs right now. Um, they're sitting at eleven and ten. They haven't beaten any other team, any other playoff uh, teams right now since August 18th. Like, now, a big part of that is because they don't have Diamond Shields or Azura Stevens. Um, so that plays a part in it, too. But it's like, damn, am I am I bad luck? Like, am I do I need to just like start holding my praise in for after they win? Like, what do I need? like? I need to. I don't know. I feel bad. Like I'm, I'm afraid to give the white Sox a shout out right now who they want to want a game against the Pittsburgh pirates the other night, um, eight to one, the white Sox look good. They're, you know, second, I believe in their division, um, have one of the, I think they have the third best record in the NL conference. Like, but I'm afraid to shout them out or like, I don't know I shouldn't have even said their name now so I don't know man I feel like I'm bad luck I feel like I meet I maybe need to just shut up and stop giving shout outs to people and teams because it seems like it's it's uh it's not working out so ah uh, we'll see we'll see but that's really all I got for you guys today man you know. Football's back. Playoff basketball is incredible. The WNBA postseason is getting ready to start. That's going to be a ton of fun. Baseball is getting ready to uh, clear up their regular season. Like, it's, it's so crazy. I think also yesterday actually was like, everyone was talking about it. Yesterday was like a sports overload day. It was like... The first time in history that we had like NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, WNBA, tennis, and like all of these, all of these sports were on, on yesterday. And it was like, this is the first time in the history of the world that all of these sports have been on at the same time. Um, But that's, you know, that's, that was one of the things that I was kind of excited about when we. When all of, when everything got shut down and then you know they were kind of making progress and they were like hey we're gonna be able to get stuff going back up. I was like yo it's gonna be amazing to have like a night where there's just like six different sports to watch um but yeah man we uh, it is sports overload right now the NFL is back the NFL is starting. Let's hope that they don't have to shut down <laughs> um but yeah man sports. Sports are very much alive again. It's very nice to say that. But that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, If you like this episode, tell a friend, share it, tell a friend, to tell a friend, all that good stuff. If you didn't like this episode, just simply act like it didn't happen. (laughs) Um, But no, you guys are great. Uh, The views for the, the pod keep going up. So I'm super excited about that. Um, you guys like, seriously, you guys have no idea. Like the jump from, in just viewership has been amazing. So I want to thank you all so much for spreading the word. Um, please give me feedback. If there's anything you guys feel like I need to talk about, if there's anything you guys feel like I don't talk about enough or whatever, any type of feedback uh, is greatly appreciated. Um, but you guys are awesome. Thank you all so much. Uh, and As always, I leave you with a quote. Kobe Bryant once said, no one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. So go out there and make some new haters, guys. I'll see you Tuesday.